1: I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your,
0: Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood
2: feminist.
1: feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives.
2: Hi, welcome to a mini episode. What's up? We're having vodka crans.
1: Vodka
2: crans. v v v That sounds vaginal. But I, you know, I, it, this always takes me back to early college. You know? Like, I feel like, like a 21-year-old. Like, early. Yeah, so we
1: don't talk about the school. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll bleep that we'll be, out. We'll
2: bleep that bit out. But, <laughs> but yes, back in our college days, I feel yes. like this was my first like real drink that wasn't like
1: a Smirnoff ice. You know what I mean? Um, We used to drink Smirnoff ices together. Like if I look yeah. at a Smirnoff ice, I think Keegan. Yeah. Same thing with wine coolers. I think Keegan. Um,
2: pretty much anything. I was really big on like... Mike's Hard Lemonades. Yep. I did a lot of Limeritas. Yep, we did um, a lot of those, too. Yeah, and a lot of actual margaritas. That's what
1: I think of when well, I think of you
2: coming over. You You ex margaritas. would
1: always make drinks for yeah. us. And I still that, have my margarita glasses. That shit would get me fucked up. I would always get my drunkest at Keegan's place. Well, I mean,
2: tequila, it's... It's a beast. Tequila will tequila. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: All right. So should we get right into the bad stuff?
2: Yeah, let's, you know, this is how we do it. We start with the worst. Yep. And we gradually work our way into less terrible territory. I
1: had to look for something that was, like, semi-positive. I don't
2: have anything cheerful, but
1: it's not this bad. Yeah. So uh, we just looked up how to pronounce it, and they say it's either Brunei or Brunei. So I'm going to say Brunei because that's how it's been in my head. We're going to talk about the Brunei stoning that is being being passed in Brunei. So just for a bit of background, Brunei is a small nation on the island of Borneo, surrounded by Malaysia and South China Sea. Their political system is governed by the constitution and and national tradition of the Maloy Islamic monarch. So I want to start this out by saying that there's a lot of Islamophobia in the world, especially in the U.S. I don't believe that anything that we're saying is islamophobic
2: i agree i think that this is anti-theocracy in general like yes um there's a reason why there should be a separation between religion and government yeah and i feel that way about all religions yeah uh, I agree. because no one is able to live an entirely free existence and free life if one religion is taking over well, so- and
1: i feel very much so that it isn't necessarily just one religion but also one ruler who is able to make sure. decisions where the people um, don't speak up against him because they're afraid? Um, right. So I, I don't mean, blame the Muslim community. Absolutely. There's absolutely. nothing that we're about to say at all that is against that. We are very well, there's, much there's there's supporting nothing, them.
2: There's nothing that we're about to say about uh, this particular super fundamentalist form of Islam that we wouldn't say about any super ultra-conservative, fundamentalist Agreed. arm of any religion. Agreed. Like,
1: but because it can be a sensitive topic... Uh, absolutely. ...I wanted to bring that up just to make sure. So, on Wednesday, which was April 3rd, new Islamic criminal laws took effect that make gay sex and adultery punishable by stoning offenders to death. Uh, it also involves whipping. <sighs> I'm heavy. already, like, winded from yeah, it. Yeah, it's really heavy. So, Sultan Hassanal Bolkaya instituted this into their penal code in 2014 to bolster the influence of Islam in the oil-rich monarchy of around 430,000 people, and about two-thirds of those are Muslim. So before 2014, homosexuality was already punishable by a jail time of up to 10 years, and this new law, which applies to children and foreigners as well, even if they are not Muslim, uh, those who are found guilty will face this brutal form of execution. So even children... Stoning is such a fucking barbaric... It's so old school. It's it, so Old Testament, it, you it's, know? It's just so barbaric.
2: It just lacks so much humanity. I mean, we and talked stoning about... stoning to death? To death. And we've talked about on this podcast already my stance in general uh, about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already know where I stand there, yeah. even when, you know, living in the United States... Where they try and make things as, quote-unquote, humane as possible.
1: And I can't quote the article or who it is, but Max was telling me the other morning about this guy who's, like, allergic to the lethal injection. Mm -hmm. So giving it to him would literally be, like, this torturous, awful thing. It would send him into, like, anaphylactic shock or something. Yeah, it would be this, like, long, drawn-out, like, horrible, torturous death. And whatever state was involved in this, like, passed it anyways. Yeah.
2: I, well, I mean, and in general, I mean, I've heard that lethal injection anyway. It's not as painless as it seems. It's just yeah. it makes us feel a lot better because we can't see them. Yeah, in but this guy's are, like
1: allergic to um, it. Um.
2: So brutal. it's uh, it's all bad. It's yeah. all bad, and that's that's always my stance. But one stoning to death is barbaric yeah. and particularly brutal. And then beyond that, it's just heartbreaking because it's not crime. It, it's such mm-hmm. a I don't know. I, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around this kind of thing. I yeah. can't even imagine what it must be like to live in a society like that. I just can't imagine it.
1: Yeah, there was an article that I started and didn't have time to finish about somebody who is in the LGBTQ community living in Brunei talking about how they want to leave and things like yeah. that. And there were a few quotes in this article. I got this from CBS News by the way. And there were a few quotes from... Um, People of Brunei who are very, very afraid. And, um, well, I'm going to go on and we'll we'll learn a little bit more. So, also, thieves will face amputation of a right hand on their first offense. Okay, so we've just gone straight fucking old, old, old school law. Yeah, and left foot on second offense. Okay. And it's like, uh, the thing with stoning, whipping, and amputation like that, to me, is like a public humiliation. So... Bolkaya rules as head of state with full executive authority and public criticism of his policies are rare in the country. So that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like, he'll kind of make these laws, but there really isn't any power behind the people to be able to stand up and fight for themselves. Sure. I'm sure they're very afraid to do I'd so. I'd be really
2: interested in learning the history of this
1: country and how yeah. long has
2: this person been in
1: power? What is their power structure it, like? Yeah, I started doing some reading, and to me it kind of seems like it is a very old school kind of, like, um, like, I don't think it's an election process from what I've read. I could be very, very wrong, so I'm sorry. It's not a democratic process. Do not believe so. From I mean, he's a sultan. Like, it doesn't sound like... Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, to be honest, I have no idea how any of that works. Yeah, I'm going to do more reading on it, but I did. I wanted to do a little bit of background about where the nation was and kind of what their political system was in just a few sentences (laughs) so I knew a little bit more of what I was talking about. It lacks so much empathy.
2: Whenever you have these kinds of massively extreme punishments, you know, the LGBTQ aspect of it is one part of it that I think we need to talk about separately.
1: Yeah. the
2: cutting off an arm or a leg of somebody who has stolen something, that aspect of it completely discounts or doesn't take into account at all the kind of lifestyle someone could have. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to talk about it today, although, you know, I, I just didn't have time to do enough research on it, but Nipsey Hussle passed away, who was a yes. rapper who was here from L.A. He did a lot of good in the community. He was also involved in gangs. Yeah. Um, But he was really trying to heal the city as far as, like, he was supposed to be meeting with the LAPD, actually, to try and combat, like, gang violence and how that they could approach people. And people wanted to write him off entirely because they were like, well, he was involved in gangs. What did he expect? And it's like, to say that is completely discrediting where that person came from. Well, and it's
1: it's dehumanizing and and where
2: And how they got to where they were. Nobody joins a gang just for funsies. You know what I mean?
1: Like, there's a reason. And it's the same thing with, like, when we listen to any story involving a sex worker being killed. Mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to something earlier today where they were talking about how the sex workers are less dead
3: than everybody else.
1: You know, we we have this certain connotation in the past that we are, that I think we have to act actively try to change our right process so, around so it.
2: having this mentality of like cut off the hand of somebody who's stealing something mm-hmm. completely discounts why they're in the position they're in in the first place exactly to be doing what they're doing i
1: completely agree and when it comes to the lgbtq community it's like think about the process of accusing somebody or finding out if they're guilty or not like to me it just reminds me of a witch hunt
2: Well, it feels very um, MacArthur-y. Yeah. like, it it does feel very, like, uh, blacklisted. You can just point fingers at someone and say this. It really does. And beyond all of that, (laughs) beyond all of that, it shouldn't fucking matter Mm -hmm. anyway. Like, it doesn't...
1: But think about the people in our country, even, who are so against that way of living, so to speak, not like it's any different than the way we live. Um, But think about it from, like... People where they haven't come as far as we have, now that we've come that far. With so they're that just, community. like, less evolved. <laughs> yeah, basically, where, like, they see it as being threatening. So on Tuesday, the US joined the United Kingdom, Germany, and France in urging Brunei to halt the plans. Celebrities including George Clooney, Elton John, and Ellen DeGeneres have voiced opposition to the new laws and have recalled and have rallied boycott of nine hotels in the US and Europe with ties to to the Sultan. I can't express how sad that
2: this makes me, and I can't yeah. express how sad I feel about people still having to struggle this way just yeah. to, like, live their, their lives. lives as who they are. It's so sad to me because, you know, having grown up as a black person, we talked a lot about what it was like to live in, you know, times before the civil rights laws started to be passed. And even now, it's it's difficult, clearly. Yeah. It's, it's not the same as living as a white person, and that's hard. Yeah. But it's like, for me... Finding out, uh, it's like for me, the first time I found out that like apartheid was a thing in South Africa. You know what I mean? And being like, I thought these things didn't happen anymore and they shouldn't happen anymore. And even though I don't live there, it made me feel like... I'm one of them, and, like, what must that be like? And I and think
1: that's what's happening to a lot of the community in the United States. Exactly.
2: I feel the same where way. Where
1: it's, like, it it hits very, very close to home to them. Because that could be like, you. It, that's that what could be say. you. That could be me. I, you can't control where you're born. You can't control where you come from. And you Imagine. can't control who
2: you love. Like, this exactly. is such a fucking ridiculous thing. And it's just, the older I get, the more I'm just, like, why? Like it makes no fucking sense to try and police people this way. Yeah, I don't understand it.
1: I really don't get it. It's, it's such just, a strange I, it, power it trip. Seems like a time wasting thing too. It's, it's so like, time. Why are you focusing on who people want to love or have sexual relations with? It's not your business. Then yeah, and it makes no fucking difference. And yeah. like
2: that's the thing is like it makes no difference. Like. What is your end game other than just to control people's lives? Because it's completely
1: about control. It doesn't matter. When you're talking about a ruler, it is about complete control. But I mean, I people. know people
2: who are able to talk themselves into it being some kind of real religious calling that they need to do this thing. But I'm just like, but it's not. But it's not. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you're not changing hearts and minds at no. all. You're just You're just, just
1: being ruling with an iron fist and forcing your way. But for those people, it's that power trip.
2: It makes no fucking it
1: sense. It doesn't. It It makes absolutely no sense, but it's those who are afraid of people who are not like them. It's those who want to have control over people that they feel are weaker and they're not. They're strong they're as strong if not stronger i I would argue i hope everyone can get out of that country i hope so too but you know but we we talk about that where it's like that's their home those are their families it's the reason that people don't come out until they're in college it's it's the reason that they're scared to be who they are even in the united states uh whether it be from geographically where you're from or religiously it's that thing where it's not easy to just leave. It's the same yeah. thing when people tell us, oh, if you're so unhappy with the way the United States government is going, just leave. No, I, I mean, absolutely. home. Of course, home. this is your
2: home and you don't want to yeah. leave your home. But at the same time, nobody should live under that kind of oppressive rule. Nobody role. should. Nobody And should. I
1: hope that now that this is gaining more attention, that there could potentially be some sort of um, change in the world. Yeah, or it's something. so fucking unjust that it's it very really is. I'm glad that it's getting the kind of publicity that it deserves. Though. Yeah. That makes me really me happy. too. Okay, so from one terrible thing to another terrible thing. Um,
2: Woo! So there were leaked Microsoft emails. There was a leaked Microsoft email chain. Emails? Did, did you hear about this? Nope. <laughs> so this is, file this under unsurprising. As someone who works in tech has worked kind of Uh, tech adjacent for a long time. Mm -hmm. This is not surprising to me, uh, but still worth talking about, especially since, you know, our very first episode of this podcast was talking about Time's Up and Me Too and um, sexual harassment in the workplace in general and things like that. So uh, there there was a leaked Microsoft email chain that described a hellish workplace for women. Shocking. (sighs) Super shocking. Tell me more. So some of the allegations are things that we would expect. We would expect not only in the tech industry, but also in other industries, such as lack of promotions, unjust treatment towards individuals from employees, uh, from underrepresented groups within the company. Um, So that that stuff is kind of things that we would expect. However, there are other allegations that are super gross. Okay. So one of them is a Microsoft Partner employee. She wrote an email that said that she was asked to sit on someone's lap twice in a meeting in front of HR and other executives. What? hmm And um, nobody in the room did anything. HR didn't do anything. What? And the person basically, like, was like, come sit on my lap. And she was like, uh, no. And then yeah. they said... The person said that he did not have to listen and repeated <gasps> the request a second time. No one said anything. Are you No one else in the room kidding? did anything. Where yes. was this? This was like in a meeting. In but front I mean of, like what part of the country? Oh, I I mean Microsoft. I'm assuming that's... Silicon Valley? Some, probably. Probably one of the coasts. I mean, it's not like... Cry overstate. state. Um, Another female Microsoft employee said that an employee of a Microsoft partner company threatened to kill her during a work trip if she didn't engage in sexual acts. Oh, my God. She told HR and... Clearly, HR isn't going to do shit. They were completely complicit and did not investigate or discipline the involved party. She says, I raised immediate attention to HR and management. My male manager told me that, quote, it sounded like he was just flirting <gasps> and I should, quote, get over it. HR basically said that since there was no evidence and this man worked for a partner company and not Microsoft, there was nothing they could oh do. Oh my threatened to kill her God. if she didn't do if she didn't
1: perform sexual acts. Seriously. On yeah. mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is wrong with people? What the fuck is wrong with people? Who cares if he's in a partner country? Go find that guy and fucking... I don't know. Well,
2: here's the thing that people need to keep in mind. And it's a place where I've found myself getting caught up as well. Um, HR is not there to protect you. It feels like they are. Because that's what we're told. We go to HR. If we have any problems, they're not there to protect you. They're there to protect the The company. company. So... If you go and you have proof, yes, they're going to fire that person because it's bad for the company. Yeah. If you go and you don't, or the person you're making complaints about is worth more to the company than you are, their job is to protect the company. It's not to protect you. So... Keep that in mind. There was another employee who had worked uh, on Xbox, and she said in a chain that she was repeatedly called a bitch and that it was common within the company. She said that she had been called one more than once, and during roundtables with the Xbox core women, every woman except for one had been called a bitch at work. And she said, uh, before people say this is just an Xbox thing, as I've heard that dismissiveness way too many times it's just within... an Xbox thing? Because, really? Because Xbox is owned by Microsoft. Right. She says... Um,
1: but, like, to say it's just happening in one area right. is...
2: She says it's a Microsoft thing and a common one. Well,
1: it is... I would even go further to say that it's a workplace thing for a lot of women. Uh, Absolutely. It's definitely, in this instance, it's a Microsoft issue because it's happening everywhere. Well, and
2: clearly the culture within Microsoft is permissive of this. And
1: women in tech, my God, like they go through the fucking ringer. But a lot of women who are in those male-dominated careers experience that all the time and it's not right. Right. And so I guess there was a couple years ago...
2: One of the Google – a Google employee had written an internal memo uh, to one of his colleagues where he was kind of, like, railing against the company's diversity initiatives. Okay. So um, there was somebody who said, we're fed up. I know there are James uh, DeMores, who is the person – at Google, who Uh railed against that diversity initiative at Microsoft, and they just haven't written a memo like he did. So they're basically saying, like, this guy, James DeMores, I think I'm saying his name right, but he had written this memo that got Mm. leaked, where he was just like, fuck trying to hire, like, women and minorities. This is stupid. And so this woman is saying, like, I've worked at Microsoft long enough to know that those people are all throughout this company. Yes, They're just just not putting that shit out there in the same way. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of, like, an ongoing thing that's been happening for a while. They say, of course, that they're working to stop it and, like, all of that stuff, but...
1: You can't hear my eye roll, but I just eye rolled.
2: Right, but, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, yes, this is pervasive in every aspect of women's working lives, Mm -hmm. but especially in these industries that are male-driven and male-dominated, like, tech, science, STEM, all of these, gaming, lots of these industries, it's very, very common to treat women like fucking trash. Because they they
1: can get away with it.
2: Right. They can absolutely get away with it. And they're misogynistic at their core. And I think that that's something that we should talk about. There's this idea that, quote-unquote, nerd culture is somehow less misogynistic than bro culture because nerds don't get the girl as often. But I would
1: even say that nerds, and I, I'm saying that in quotation, Of course, are very much so, like, when I think of that, and I could be totally off base, I feel like there's a lot of men in that culture that almost, um, like, fetishize women Well, in a
2: way. I think a lot of the people we talk about... I mean, what did we talk about? Like, the Chads and Stacys in the incel episode? Incels, yeah. Those are bros. The people who rail against those people, a lot of the people on these incel subreddits and things like that are the, quote-unquote, nerdy guys. Like, yeah. So there is this whole... Underbelly of, and I think we could probably do an, we could devote an entire episode on it. There's this entire like underbelly of like nerd culture yeah. that is super misogynistic. Yeah. Not only in the way they fetishize women, but also in the way that there's this incel bitterness about having not gotten women. And so yeah. they feel like they can be. And
1: feeling very. Um- Feeling very threatened by women being in the workplace. absolutely. And being
2: in their space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you remember Gamergate and all that stuff where it's just like a woman being in gaming was threatening to them. I know,
1: which is crazy.
2: Yeah, take that as a win, sir. Yeah,
1: right? That a woman is
2: interested in something you're interested in. Exactly. It's a good thing.
1: So I have just kind of like a, a funny, interesting thing. Do you have another kind of horrible thing to talk about? It's not
2: horrible, but it's not funny or interesting. So I, we should probably talk about it first. I mean, it's a little interesting,
1: but... Let's talk about your interesting thing and then we'll end with this. Okay,
2: yeah. So, um, Joe Biden.
1: Okay, Just, wanted to,
2: just wanted to touch on Joe Biden. Yeah, let's not, just...
1: Not physically... I was just going to say, let's touch on Joe Biden. I was like, that sounds really No, because really that's wrong. what
2: Joe Biden does to other people. So we're going <gasps> to avoid that. Yeah, have you not heard about this? No! Okay, so Joe Biden officially has not put his hat in the ring. We all know how I feel personally because about... Because he's a predator. ...about him running. I'm not pro-Joe Biden running. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's not going to get us anywhere as yeah. a Democratic Party, and it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I've enjoyed you. Please now go away. Yeah. Um, Your
1: romance with Obama was... You're great.
2: ...fine. If you end up being the nominee, I will vote for you, because clearly I yeah. will vote for you. But... Um, and so before I talk about... I don't want it to come across like Joe Biden is a predator, because nothing has come out, basically, that has said that he is a predator. Okay, well,
1: Madigan just said that, so X that out. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's,
2: he's not. he's not a predator. But this is something we've known for a long time and has been kind of... Uh, a joke for a long time that Joe Biden is very touchy and oh, he, gets, yeah. he gets very much yeah, into yeah, people's yeah. personal space in a way that makes people uncomfortable. So a lot of people came out over the last week saying things like that, that like okay. it, women especially, although a couple of men as well, that he has made them uncomfortable. No overt sexual advances or yeah. anything like that. But like there was a picture where a sexual assault victim had met with Joe Biden because Joe Biden did the, you know, he really led that whole thing. Yeah. And um, he, like, grabbed her arms and, like, put his forehead to hers, mm-hmm. which is a thing that he does a lot. And there was right. a picture taken of it, and it was supposed to be this sweet moment, but she kind of came out and was like, no, I was actually really uncomfortable. Well,
1: yeah, as a sexual assault survivor, having a strange man touch you in that way. Right
2: after she's told this story, so she's in a very vulnerable position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... It does seem to me like he really doesn't feel like he's doing anything wrong. He does a lot of, like... Holding women, women's sides, or like
1: rubbing their backs, or like things like yeah that where which I've had a lot of family members who are very touchy, mostly like very my tactile, Irish side. yeah, yeah, which has made me uncomfortable, but also not so uncomfortable in a way that I feel like it's sexual yes. advancement. But also don't fucking do it. So yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. that that was kind of no, it's still the not okay. Thing
2: where it's just like you have to
1: stop. Doing You're in that. a position of power. You kind of need to like refrain. From I doing mean, and office.
2: just in general, I mean, we posted something on our Instagram that was just like also because men do. This a lot when you're walking past a woman in a crowded place, don't touch her waist. No, I hate or like, that. Or they're like, "Excuse me," and
1: they grab your back, and you're just yeah, like, "Yeah, oh, no, don't, don't, don't put your hand
2: on her lower back or like anything like that. Don't feel like you're entitled to her space. Yeah. And so it was just something to kind of mention. It's not something that's so like horrible, awful, right. we have a president who's been accused of rape how many times. So yeah. it's not anything like that. But that the bar is very low there. Yeah. Um, but Joe Biden did come out recently. He had been quiet about it for a while. And then he did come out, I think, yesterday. So either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, he came out and said that he realizes he had kind of a half-hearted apology. Like, it wasn't really an apology. It was basically like... I realize I realize times are changing, and mm. you can't do that shit anymore. Was basically what he's saying, I don't and like that I won't I won't do it anymore. Yeah, it's basically what he said. So,
1: so let's talk about Lori Laughlin, shall we? Yeah, sure. Aunt Becky, what's up, Aunt Becky? Okay, so as we know, she is accused of spending five hundred thousand dollars to get her daughters into USC as crew recruits. Um, again, the girls do not do crew; they don't know how to row. continuing on so yeah have you seen her little arms she can't row anything she can't fucking row so Aunt Becky and her husband were among the 13 parents making their federal court appearance um and basically it was kind of treated like a red carpet event what so there were rabid Aunt Becky fans with facial cutouts of Aunt Becky his oh big heads oh just facial cutouts no like facial cutouts Aunt Becky is going to jail. a Quote says, "I got this from BuzzFeed, by the way. I'll post the article." There were that's other so girls. Weird. There were other girls with signs pleading to Lori to pay for their tuition. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Actually, I like that. And another girl that says, "We can pretend to do crew too." <laughs> so on her way into but the courthouse, embarrassing for her. I hope she's embarrassed. But listen, on the way to the courthouse, Lori stopped to sign autographs. Shut your fucking face. She literally signed Ew. autographs. What a gross person. Before her own court hearing outside the federal courthouse in Boston. What a gross human. Seriously. Yeah. That's so gross. So, and then they leave and the and the sidewalk like erupts, like chaos erupts. And she, she like auto- like look at this. She's like working that sidewalk. She's like, "Hello, I'm Ew. here."
2: No, um, I, I truly yeah. don't
1: think she thinks she did anything wrong. No, I don't, I don't think, think so she either. did. So, Does. yeah, I just want to touch on that because we did a whole story about that last time. And just the display of her going to the courthouse looking all Aunt Becky was She's crazy. gross. To
2: me. I just, listen, I'm on a very anti rich people bin moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a moment where I'm just like, not anti rich people. They're not all terrible. But like, there is something to be said. Like, I don't think she thinks she did anything wrong. Yeah. And. I don't think she thinks she's going to suffer any consequences yeah. that she can't pay herself out of. And yeah. like it just, ugh, its just sickening. the inequity is so sickening.
1: Yeah. So we're getting toward the end of our episode. Can I read Sienna's email? Absolutely. Sienna, girl, thank you for writing us in again. We love it. Hi, love you. She says, hey girls, hey. <laughs> Thoroughly much enjoyed your episode about the history of lady un- undergarments. Very informational. Wanted to drop some info on y'all real quick regarding the episode. One, there's no such thing as a bralette for large-chested women, at least not that I've found. It is a bummer, but perhaps one day? I don't know that it would Try the Savage Fenty. I feel like... I've seen a few, like, BuzzFeed videos where, like, fuller-chested women try certain bralettes. I'm going to
2: text you, Sienna, with a
1: link to that. I mean, I think it's expensive. Yeah, I think there are some that work, but... I'm going to buy you one for your birthday. There you go. She (laughs) goes, I don't know that it would really work out for me anyway. I'm a 38DD, so I kind of need support unless I'm literally doing um, unless I'm literally doing nothing. No one needs their boobs flopping everywhere. I agree. Um, I hate when I walk my puppy out at night and I'm not wearing a bra and Penny wants to go run down my like alley driveway area and I'm like, ow, ow, ow. ow. Yeah, I feel the same way. I have small boobs. I was going say, yeah, my boobs aren't even that big. And if I'm running down the stairs, I
2: still do like the boob
1: hold. Yeah. So, number two. The Victorian-era waist size is insane. I can't remember the name of the lady y'all said has the itty-bitty small waist, but I know I've seen it before. Emily Marie Bouchard. Something—what was it? Emily Marie Bouchard. The name of my first child. yes. But also Ma Ingalls from the Little House books was said to have a waist so small that Pa Ingalls could touch his hands around Ma's waist. Does that make sense? Like, that shit would touch. No, I don't like
2: that at all. Like, either his hands were massive or her waist was tiny or both. But So, in the book, it says that he could, like, do that? Yeah, I guess so. Like, he could have, like, thumb to thumb and, like, fingers to fingers. Nah, yeah, man. her waist was... I can't even
1: do that on my thigh. I and I have chicken legs. I cannot do that on my
2: thigh. Not even close. I
1: have chicken legs and I can't do that up there. Um, I can barely
2: do it on my neck. Let's just be real.
1: Let's see. I've got I about, can do it on my neck. I mean, I can, of course. But, like, I've got, like... But a waist the size of my neck? Yeah, ridiculous. Nah, man. Okay. One of his hands would touch the other with Ma's waist between them. And Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind had the smallest waist in the country with a 17-inch waist in the book. It's too small. Why are they saying that in a book it because doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's a crazy. source of pride i know it's just like <laughs> vivian lee couldn't match that in the movie but still had a tiny waist just 24.5 inside 25.5 inches outside dress waist size that's still fucking very small. tiny okay that's all i don't know <laughs> i love her i don't know that any of this was uh was need-to-know knowledge, but I haven't bugged y'all in a, in a hot minute. And maybe I can get myself together to send you another email about my dad for your fatherhood stories. Oh, yay! Because, y'all, I have the best dad. Much yes, love for you, ladies. You that- do have the best dad. And
2: I love when Sienna writes in because it feels like she's in here having a yeah, conversation. and I've
1: never met her, but I
2: feel like I know her. I Did I tell you when she came to visit, um, she came in and then she was pretty much, like, she got settled. Like, she waited until it was polite and then she was like... Can I see the closet? <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, "Yes, this is where we. This is where magic happens." Oh my god! Right this
1: is Cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. I know oh, she's I'm precious. Gonna cry. She's precious and perfect. And I love you. I want to meet you and hug you and kiss you. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, what was I oh, she mentioned fatherhood stories at the end of that. So, you guys, we are gonna do another motherhood series this year, and we're also going to do a fatherhood series. Uh, We didn't do one last year, and a lot of people were like, I really wish you would have done this. So we're going to do that this year. We want positive, negative, heartwarming, heartbreaking stories. Whatever you've got, we want to hear them because... Um, There really isn't one perfect way to have a mother or a father or a family. We want to have people have different experiences uh, through listening to these stories and have everybody be very much heard on these days. Because I know for me, especially Father's Day, is a really difficult day for me not being in contact with my dad. So um, having these conversations is really, really helpful for me, um, which I'm sure it would be really helpful for you as well, Keegan. And we love those motherhood stories, too. Uh, June is Pride Month. We're go- going to be doing another installment of our coming out episode. So uh, definitely, we've already gotten one email from you guys. If we've, you want to send a couple. in, I oh, think, we have. I okay, think so. great. Keep sending in your coming out stories. We want to hear again the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. So feel free to send those in. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com Feel free to, to follow us and direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. You can catch us on Twitter at y-a-n-f podcast y a n f podcast. You can follow us on our group page on Facebook or our business page. You can rate and review us on Facebook as well as on Apple Podcasts. Another quick reminder that you can listen to us on Radio Public. It's a great way for you to listen to us for free. And we get a very slight monetary gain, which is great. Um, that's everything. Yes, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think we need to make a pot of coffee before we record the full because I'm tired right sure. now. Yeah, we can make some coffee. Okay, cool, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. With all that being said, we encourage you. To, to rage on. on. Bye.
0: Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleepwave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.
3: Hi, I'm Alexis O'Hanion. providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.